Hey, it's your host, Abigail Pumphrey, and I'm on a personal mission to help more small business owners become financially free. I like to nerd out on all things business, marketing, and most definitely the numbers. I'm talking all the lessons learned as I turned a layoff into a seven-figure online business. I like to share it all and no conversation is off the table. We talk actionable strategies, biz challenges, and all the things life throws your way. Grief, anxiety, loss, and resilience are all topics you'll find here. So grab a cup of coffee and settle in because you're listening to the Strategy Hour podcast brought to you by Boss Project. We are in the middle of the fastest moving technology shift in our lifetime. And for the majority of us listening, we live through the birth of the internet. So that's definitely saying something. Here's the good news. It's good news. Truly, I have so much to fill you in on. Join me for my upcoming workshop, The Market Shift. It's so crucial to online businesses that I'm offering it completely for free. No strings attached, just pure actionable insights that will help you navigate the coming changes. But that's not all. If you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get exclusive access to my brand new mini course, The Two-Click Funnel absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I'm running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Join me and prepare your business for the future. Go to bossproject.com shift to register now. If you're hearing this, there's still time. Don't miss out bossproject.com shift. So we've been hearing the term financial freedom a lot within our community, our audience, and our clients over the past I don't know, year, I feel like it's been kind of of a, I want financial freedom, but A, WTF does that even mean? And how do we actually achieve that in like what I feel like can be phases instead of not having it, not having it, not having it. And then all of a sudden it's just financial freedom is here. I feel like that's like visually how we kind of sometimes think about it when in reality there are milestones. And so we're going to kind of break that down today of what that could look like for you and what it is and some things to avoid while you're seeking your financial freedom. True. And, you know, it's really important to me before we jump into the definition and how do you get there and what do the milestones look like? I just want to make sure it's super clear that Boss Project is here to serve this audience and help you achieve this. Like this is a major part of our personal mission. We don't want just you to have security, but we actually want to help you secure financial freedom so that you can thrive, so that you can accomplish more than you know, just surviving. We want you to reach your big goals, do the big things and create this financial roadmap, so to speak, that allows you to break down generational curses and, you know, fight through things that may have previously been a big barrier for you personally or for your family or for your circumstances and how you can kind of break through those in stages. And so a big part of this to me is giving you guys access to the financial education that's necessary for you to actually create the thing. Because I think so often I see other people talking about this topic from the standpoint that the only way to get there is for us to teach you how to make more money 
And that's not necessarily true. Sometimes or we just, just, you know, just raise your prices and you'll get there. Right. We don't want to get so stuck on the one way, you know, or the one method that might allow you to make changes, but instead educate you on what it really means so you can start to see your own way. Because mm-hmm. that's the whole point mm-hmm. is we want you to have something We want you to build this in a way that's in alignment with your life and with your personal circumstances and telling you to go charge more may not make sense for your business or your industry, right? Telling you to go make more may not necessarily be what you need. We might need to audit your budget. Like there's other things that could be at stake here that we just need to talk about. And so for me, financial freedom is the freedom of choice Mm -hmm. for you to have the ability to choose how you spend your money and when. And that choice gets to expand over time. And that's what I really want to talk through. And what Emily, I think, alluded to is it may initially be freedom of choice within a bracket of reasonableness, so to yeah. speak. And then as you continue to make more, your bracket expands and in the areas in which you have choice expand. And so initially, <laughs> I know Emily jokes about it, but it was a very real, very tangible step for us. When we got to the point where we could order fast food or like takeout on any night of the week, and it wasn't going to affect us personally anymore. That was like a major milestone. Yeah. And the milestone even shortly before that was like, oh, and this sounds silly. This is my childhood trauma showing Uh, when I could go to Target and get toilet paper and paper towels in the same visit with other groceries. That was a very big deal for me because growing up, it was like one or the other because you buy those in packs. And so they're like more expensive. And I just truly remember there was a moment in time when we needed like detergent, toilet paper and paper towels, like all big ticket items at Target. And they were all in the cart. And I was like, do we need to like put something back? Because I grew up on the whole, uh, you know, tallying everything up on your calculator before you go to checkout because you might not be able to afford it, like the check won't clear kind of thing. And so that first thing was a huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And I think the way that we talk about financial freedom is in that sense. Like it does truly look different for everyone. And I think saying across the board, like, oh, I want the financial freedom of being a millionaire or being able to buy a bigger house or being able to do whatever sometimes that feels so far away and like the end pinnacle of the quote unquote financial freedom. When in reality, there are so many micro steps of financial freedom that can happen that snowball and like make us also feel more confident in our business and in our decisions and our spending and our savings and whatever that I think recognizing those and mapping those out as well can make us feel more motivated. Right. And so much of this is unconscious because we are modeling our life based on our experience. And so oftentimes your financial choices feel completely unconscious to you because you were literally raised Mm -hmm. in a set of circumstances and those circumstances will continue to influence you into adulthood And often, if you're not actively addressing them from a conscious point, you will continue to model the same behavior, which 
good, bad, or indifferent, right. it doesn't really matter what those circumstances were. But if you want to create more freedom for yourself, meaning more than you had before, mm-hmm. your more than you had before is different for every single one of you. Well, and I also love those. I'm sure you've seen these, but the Twitter threads or Instagram comments of like, what's something that you felt was like a total rich person thing when you were growing up that like you now have, or you're excited about or whatever. And when you read those threads, it's always such simple things. I think in our heads, when we talk about this, it's like a big grandiose, big financial move. So they have a second vacation home. They have a boat. They have the things, the tangible things, right? That's like a rich people thing. But these were little things like, you know, when I got a fridge that had a built-in ice maker and water dispenser, like I felt so rich when I had like a washer and dryer in my home, like I felt so rich, whatever it might be, it could be very small things. And I think that's the conversation we're trying to have here is what does that actually mean to you? And then can you check how far you've already come and how close you are to some of those things already being true? Right. Because oftentimes you've already made significant progress and you're not giving yourself credit. And especially if you went through hardship as a child, many times your new goal in life, whether you meant it to be or not, is to simply improve upon the life that your parents gave you. And so if you're already trying to like fight against that and create something better, either for yourself or for your children, then you've probably already made significant progress and you're not taking credit for that. I like to look back five years, 10 years and really check myself, at least initially, because I think this is a good place to like get you started and get you thinking about what could be different from the point you are at now. The best way to do is reflect. And so I think about five years ago and then I think about 10 years ago and what was true about my life then and what is true about my life now in comparison that feels more financially free that feels more luxurious that feels more stable that feels more secure I want to know like what's something for you that when you were growing up you're like oh this is a rich people thing and then you either have it now or like maybe you don't have it but it just lost its feeling so one that came to mind when you said that was like people that had a finished basement or like a pool table, like was like, yes. oh my God, they're thriving. Yeah. Mine was ordering appetizers or desserts and, oh, and, yes. and ordering both. Like we never went out to eat, first of all. And I mean, I could count on one hand how many times it was like we could order an app. It was generally like order an app to share as the meal kind of thing if we did go out. And now we're in a space where like, if I truly want to order an appetizer and dessert at every single meal we go to, I can. And that is just such a fancy feeling. Oh, 100%. Also definitely affects my waistline. But I'm well, not- and the funny <laughs> counter to that too, and this is just a, like a funny personal aside, but like, so I have an aunt and uncle who like were very rich in my m- mind as I was growing up and they would order apps and desserts. I, I keep wanting to say apps and desserts because that's the thing from Parks and Rec when he like makes new words. But so they would order apps and desserts. But the next level rich thing that they did in my mind was not just ordering it, but not finishing it. 
Oh, so yeah. like you and order it, it and leaving it and not taking it. Cause like you order it cause you want to eat it, but you don't have to eat all of it if you truly don't want to. But in my head growing up, it was like, if you get it, you need to eat all of that. Like, and it wasn't even, I was forced to finish meals. It wasn't like that, but it was like, I'm never going to get this again. And so I need to right. eat it, it was because it was such a special occasion. And, you know, for some of my childhood, it was probably a food security thing. Like, I don't know the next time I'm going to eat like this. Uh And so (laughs) you better take advantage now (laughs) because I still have a hard time now not taking food to go, even though I know I'm not going to eat. There are some meals I just like won't heat it up, like just a personal preference, but I still take it because I'm like, obviously I'm not going to waste this. (laughs) Right. Right. That sounds like something we need to go therapy about. Uh, but okay, so if you think about five and 10 years ago, I'm curious for you what comes up. I know I have some very specific things, but let's just back out five years first. What about your life is different now than if you compare it to five years ago? And keep in mind for five years, that would be us at pretty much the beginning of our business. This was after we had kind of phased out clients, but we were still really early on in being self-sufficient. <laughs> well, I mean, a big thing, I'll try to think of a personal one specifically other than like we live in a different house and whatever. But I think professionally, business-wise, financially for me, the difference between five years ago versus now is I'm no longer worried whether I'm going to get paid or not like make money or not. Like for that season, even five years ago, six years ago, especially was definitely the season of like, I got to chase the money. I got to chase it. I got to get it. I got to make sure it's there. I need to go talk to more clients. I need to try harder to get sales or whatever it might be. And now it's a, and I'm still letting this sink in. It still hasn't fully like closed the loop on the like sustainability insecurity that I have. But now it's just, this is my job and I get paid and I get salary and that's my job. (laughs) There's a job. It's a regular job. (laughs) It's a job. Yeah. I think for me, five years ago, it was at any second, our entire financial security could be on my back because my husband was in an industry that just wasn't as stable. And so like, you know, as an architect, it's completely driven by the economy and the state of the economy. And the moment the economy dips, building slows down, people cut budgets. And he was in like a luxury building market. And so they don't build stadiums or in a recession, <laughs> in a recession let alone a pandemic. But that's a story mm-hmm. for another day. So with that in mind, it wasn't just the, I'm not sure I'm going to get paid, but it was, if it came down to, I have to completely financially cover our entire household, what do I need to do to keep us afloat? And the weight of that as like a constant state of being was so heavy five years ago. And now it's just completely different to not only have the feeling that I have created enough space that not only can the business support me, but my spouse can also work in the business and earn a salary is huge. Yeah. I think I definitely have a more abundant mindset in the sense of like five years ago, it was definitely okay to have more money. I need to cut 
expenses. I need to cut this, cut this, keep it tight, lock it down. And now it's okay. Yeah, sure. There's definitely areas where we could cut. And sometimes we go through and look at those, but now it's very much more of how can I make more and where is my time best spent? Mm -hmm. And how can I be most effective? And, and what's funny too, is as someone who, because not everyone is like this, but as someone who craves all the things when you can't afford the things, five years ago, me had a lot of FOMO about like, oh, we don't have this. We don't have that. We don't have this, whatever it might be. And now like the filter truly is, do I want it or not? It doesn't first have to go through the filter of, can I afford it or not? And I'm talking about little shit, like a rug. Like I'm not even talking big, fancy stuff, but even big, fancy stuff. I'm like, okay, yeah, I want it. Okay. What's the plan to get there? And just, I might not be able to go out tomorrow and buy it, but like, it's so much more within my reach. Yeah. I totally relate to that. And then it has become less about Will I ever attain this? And more of, it's a matter of time and I just need to make a plan. I'm interrupting myself to bring you something that could change your business forever. I'm hosting a workshop that's so important. I've made it 100% free for all online businesses. Here's what I can promise you. Inside the market shift, you're going to get the most value-packed 90 minutes you've seen in years. I'm going to share the ecosystem that represents online businesses today. You're going to walk away knowing how to create more predictable income and sustainably scale, regardless of where you're starting today. You'll uncover the AI secrets top entrepreneurs use to stay ahead, boost productivity, and secure their future. You'll have the exact equation that's making wealthy people wealthier and be able to steal copy-paste it before it widens the wealth gap any further. When you attend live and stay until the end, you'll get access to my exclusive brand new mini course, the two-click funnel, absolutely free. Inside, I'm giving you the exact automation funnel I've been running that consistently converts organic traffic into loyal buyers in minutes. Save your seat right now at bossproject.com shift, then share it with a friend. There isn't much time between now and the workshop, so head right now to bossproject.com shift to claim your spot. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But also, like, do you find yourself, for me, I find myself wanting less now that I can afford more because I don't create the material security feeling anymore. Well, yeah. And I knew something shifted for me when all of a sudden the dollar spot at Target was less appealing. But I can't even quite explain it other than like, this sounds really rich person attitude, but I'm just telling you things are different now. But like going in and being like, that literally would look dinky 
in the room because it's too small or like this wouldn't achieve what I'm trying to accomplish. Like it doesn't meet that need anymore. Whereas before, like if I got three, I would just like, Oh my gosh, I can completely transform this space with like just these couple of things. Yeah, I know. And like, it doesn't accomplish the same things anymore, but I'm also, I feel really good about like waiting and instead of buying, you know, $5 worth of stuff 70 times, (laughs) like I would rather spend one time on a bigger purchase and have larger breaks between purchases and feel really good about it. Even like shoes, like I, you know, always would get what was on sale and like wait for specials, wait for coupons. And then I would always get the cheapest version of the thing. So like I would get the Walmart, Target or Kohl's version of a pair of boots or a pair of whatever. And now I'm looking at it like my foot size isn't going to change. I know my style well enough to know I'm still going to like this five years from now, regardless of if it's in fashion or not. And so I'm going to wait to buy a pair of boots that are $150 which feels like a massive stretch for me from previously. I may not go spend $500 on a pair of boots. I could. I don't, I'm not mentally prepared to make that <laughs> yet. But like, I know if I spend a little bit of money, A, it's going to last longer, but I'm also going to like appreciate it more. Okay. So that's obviously a five year time span. I do want to do for just a few minutes, 10 years ago. Because then I think we can set the precedent for just how massive leaps you've taken. On this day, 10 years ago, literally on this day that we're recording this 10 years ago, my husband and I got engaged. And even just thinking back on that memory, (laughs) and I shared it on stories, but to paint the picture, we'd already been dating for four and a half years at that point and had just spent Christmas with our families in Kansas City. It's when we lived in Tulsa in an apartment that had smoke damage from our neighbors and furniture that was in Brian's like fraternity house. Like it was not great. And we decided on the drive back from Kansas city to get engaged. We're just not the people to do like actual proposals or like surprises or anything like that. So that part's not surprising, but I just so remember the like, okay, we're going to do this. And then like, I'll pick out the ring. Okay. We're like, what can we find for like, less than a grand because that's all we have. And even that was like payment plan. I think it was like a $900 ring. And that was, I felt so fancy because what? And then I ordered Brian's off of Amazon and it was $30. It was just very much like, how can we make the thing happen for the absolute littlest amount of money? Our wedding was very DIY very like small. And I was very resourceful for that wedding to try to get as much stuff paid for as I could with connections. But it was that I think that would be the definition of how I would describe 10 years ago is the like, boots on the ground connections to try to make things cheaper or get things paid for by being resourceful, because that's what I had to do. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah, it does take a lot of work. (laughs) 10 years ago, me was just on the back end. I would have, at this moment in time, had just gotten another job after a period of being laid off. So I was laid off for three or four months in the fall of 2011. And, you know, 
I had gotten a job right out of school and thought this was going to be it and this was going to be the thing and then was like turned around a couple months later, laid off. And I had chosen to stay in our small college town because my boyfriend at the time <laughs> was still getting his master's degree. And so I was searching for anything high and low and went through an extremely low period where I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, was incredibly frustrated with my own circumstances and felt like, what had I just done? Like I just got this education. I'd worked so hard and now I'm barely scraping by. I had just received an eviction notice that if I didn't pay rent within a few days, that I was going to lose everything. And then in January of 2012, I got a phone call that the university that I had just graduated from actually wanted me to work for them. And it felt like a whole new leaf was turning for me. But coming on the back end of, I literally had to take a loan from my boyfriend <laughs> to make rent. And mm -hmm. my mom secretly mailed me grocery gift cards mm -hmm. so that I could eat. And then when I ate, like, it was, you know, those really disgusting chicken patties from, like, Walmart. And, like, so I would have, like, a chicken patty and maybe have a slice of bread with it. And then like there wasn't necessarily vegetables or <laughs> anything else. Like it was how can I eat the least amount so that I can be full. And then, you know, the big deal was when my boyfriend would take me out and buy my dinner because Oh yeah. Was, Those are the times I ate. <laughs> I would be like, oh my God, thank God. Uh -huh. Someone's feeding me and it's not me. We I would get like this aunt would put money on a quick trip gift card for me yeah. and this person would send a grocery gift card. And then my mom would, she ordered this like dried pasta from some wholesale place. I don't even know how she got it. I think she used a restaurant connection and yeah. it would just ship me bags of pasta. And so that I would just ate pasta, <laughs> like yeah. heat it up. And yeah, it was very much pull all of the connections in to try to like get by and I didn't have a job. I mean, I had a job, but it was not in my degree at all. I was working in a bakery and not knowing what to do yeah. with my life. Well, and all my shit at that point was either given to me or I found oh, yeah. in the literal garbage. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, like my boyfriend's parents bought my bed. Yeah. My bed frame I found in a dumpster. My couch was given to me from my aunt and it was like the couch she had in her basement for yeah. 15 years. The very first bed we ever bought was last year. Yeah. I completely Last relate to that. Year. <laughs> Last year. I completely relate to that. I was like, oh my God, this is a huge leap for me. Now I have an adjustable base king right? size bed so with great. a fucking headboard that costs Now I had a headboard more, in my life. <laughs> that headboard costs more than my rent <laughs> even after I had my first job. So I just, and I know our stories might seem a bit dramatic. Your story may not be as different, but for us, like the life I live now is light years different than my childhood. And that wouldn't have been possible if I kept 
trying to get here. Does that make sense? And that's what I want to talk about next. If I had tried to go from, I can't even make rent because I just was laid off for three months and I was already living paycheck to paycheck, then thinking about owning a 5,000 square foot house, having three vehicles, like having a pool and a personal assistant, like... (laughs) (laughs) What? LOL. (laughs) No, like those were not my mind couldn't make that leap. I personally couldn't make that leap. And I might have still envied what that meant to me. You know what Mm -hmm, I mean? mm -hmm. But the only real way I think I got here was having much more reasonable baby steps that like made me feel incredible. (laughs) Like, I don't know. (laughs) And so I want you to think about what were some tangible baby steps you took five years ago or 10 years ago that made you feel dramatically different? And like going from dumpster diving to like (laughs) buying a piece of furniture was like a massive deal for me. I mean, and it started out, it didn't go from me ordering from West Elm and waiting eight weeks for it to ship. Like the next step was me buying from Ikea or Target. Mm -hmm, Okay. mm -hmm. But oh, that, this is unlocking a memory for me too. Speaking of Ikea, and this is something I did not get then, but I get it now. There was a blogger that I followed forever. It's Young House Love. Love them. They're incredible. I've been a big fan of theirs from the very beginning. And they've been like budget and then a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. And I've seen their evolution of like what they spend their money on now versus what they used to. And I remember distinctly, this is probably five years ago, me distinctly reading a blog post of theirs where they talked about how they wanted to upgrade the curtain rods in their home from basic Ikea curtain rods to something nicer. And I specifically DM'd her and I go, why? Like what? I don't, but like Ikea rods are fine and they're like $7. Like I don't understand what an upgrade, it's a curtain rod. Like I just don't understand the upgrade. So she like sent me pictures of like ones that they were looking for and they were like more substantial or like a different finish or they weren't fucking plastic. Like they were just nicer. And even then I was like, I don't get it. Like why would you spend your money on nicer curtain rods? That doesn't make any sense. And I have yet to get non-Ikea curtain rods in this house, but I get it now. Like I don't yet have the desire to do that, but I understand it now. And I'm like, okay, that is just a different resource mentality there. Yeah. When you're exposed to more than your ideas of what you want can grow and change and it's an evolution. And also like the people and influences you surround yourself with as you personally grow through this, you're just going to expose yourself to more things that would have seemed really goofy and frivolous to you (laughs) at one point and now feel like a, oh, okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. I've never had more conversations about, you know, dual HVAC systems. (laughs) Oh God. Well, and that's the thing too, is like when we had to upgrade our HVAC last year, like obviously we talked about it and it was like, okay, if we're doing this, like we need to be mindful, but it wasn't like, oh my God, we're not going to have heating our air because we can't afford to do this right now. Or, oh, we're going to have to get a loan from our parents to do this because we need it. Like it's that type of financial freedom that makes me feel really comfortable yeah. and really grown and excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think first thinking about 
like what's the next milestone that you want to achieve and make it something that you feel like what would an extra and this is going to be different for all of you so I'm just going to pick a number but like what would an extra $500 a month mean for you and your family and what will you allow it to mean for you in terms of giving yourself grace or allowing this new thing into your life. And it doesn't mean you have to spend every cent of it, but like it could mean like, I remember there was a phase where we still had to budget for clothes. We -hmm. had to budget for new things, but we said I can spend up to 50 bucks a month Mm -hmm. on new clothes without asking if we can Mm -hmm. afford it. And that was like, a massive deal for me personally. And it was probably right around when we were like, what would an extra 500 meant? And it meant like we could start including more. And it's not even, (laughs) it wasn't, it was obviously, I still need to wear clothes and they're a necessity. (laughs) Right. But like, instead of, you know, going two or three times a year and like getting exactly what you need and only what you need. Right. It was, I can have a new work shirt. And I don't need to ask. And so like, what is that for you? And it could be bigger than that. Like, maybe it's that you want to have order your meals like from a HelloFresh kind of thing where like, you can prioritize getting those things in the door. And I think there's so many ideas for how you can tangibly take things to the next stage. And so get excited about the thing. Cause that's the thing. It's like when you make a milestone and then you get excited about the milestone, I think so much can open up for you. Yeah. Well, and I think it's crucial before we even start creating a plan of what does all of this look like strategically for you to really uncover what does financial freedom look like for you? And I think financial freedom is the all encompassing term, but what financial freedom provides can also be time freedom freedom of choice of where you live, of what you buy, of what you eat, of what school your kids go to, et cetera. It can be freedom of so many things, freedom of health. you getting to afford a personal trainer or a nutritionist or a chef or whatever, right? It could mean so many different things. And I want you to identify 10 years ago, you five years ago, you now, and then where you do want to head even this coming year. Like, just because yeah, you don't know, look too, don't right. I think it's hard, like do the reflection far backwards yes. because yes. you're going to see more of a change. But when you're setting these goals, I really urge you to not do the multi-year steps. Like you really have to look at the next three months, at the next twelve months, and then create tangible plans to like achieve those things. Because if they become too far out, you lose the personal connection to them because you start, I know for me, a lot of it comes down to the like, yeah, okay, that'd be nice. 100%. If it doesn't feel like the next thing you would implement, yeah, then you're not going to get, it's not going to be a motivating factor. I have a I have a goal like that specifically right now that still feels like the, I know it's going to happen. I don't disagree that, but it could be three years. It could be 10 years. It could be next year. Like, I don't really know because we're not actively trying to make it happen, but I want it really bad. But it's still, even though I know it's going to happen, I'm still in the head like, oh yeah, okay. Because we're not actively trying to make it happen. And so what are the things that you're like actively going to try to make happen this year? Because those are the things that are going to be like, oh yeah, okay, that's a thing now. Yeah, I know. So I mentioned, I don't know if it was on this show, 
might have been on another show. It might have been on the Nugget. I was like, what do you mean, other show? Like, do you have another podcast you haven't told me about? (laughs) Your podcast? No. So I mentioned one of my goals for last year was to make my home feel like I was always on vacation, even if I wasn't on vacation. And so like part of that was like creating the financial freedom in our budget so that I could make big furniture purchases a couple of times last year. And like, I don't know if you guys have checked furniture prices recently, but it's expensive. It's expensive. (laughs) So like not only having to create enough financial freedom to pay our bills because our bills are more expensive living in a bigger house, but like creating enough buffer that we could also afford to indulge in some of these things that would like, I'm not, I'm definitely not going to turn around and replace it next year or two years. Right. right. Stay a while. And so, but to me, that was massively motivating. And so I want you to find something that you can tie a bit of freedom to that is massively motivating to you. Cause if it's not motivating, then like mine was getting the hot tub. I know, I know. Mm-hmm. And, and it was huge. Like, mm-hmm. I still remember you called me and you're like, we're doing it now. And it was probably six months in advance of when you thought maybe you would yep. maybe do it. Yep. And because of that, it was like such a huge milestone. Yeah. And I think it's important that you also share. So like, when I create something tangible, like, you need buy-in from the people around you because if they're not on the same page as you, especially a partner, like if they're not on the same page as you as like, what are we working towards? Then I think that can create friction. Well, and I think that part's important to also have in this sense of like, okay, so for example, my, I know we're going to do it eventually, but we're not working towards it is having a lake house. I've mm-hmm. always wanted one. I grew up with multiple people in our family or family friends having one, it is a very important part of my life. And when I first spoke the goal, I'm one of those people who I love like dreaming big and talking out loud and hypotheticals. And my husband is someone who's like, well, we can't do it now. So like, why are we talking so much about it? Because like, I want it now, but we can't get it now. So why are we talking about it? But me talking about it is motivating for me to like work towards that thing. And so like last year, we were talking about it. And it started to feel like, does he not want this same thing as me? Does he not want a lake house? Does he not want to put in the time and work it's going to take to make that happen for our family? And so I flat out asked him that. And he was like, no, we are definitely getting one and a boat and a dock and this. He's like, we just have to work towards it. And it's not happening this year. And I'm like, oh, I know. Okay. I just need to make sure we're on the same page that this was actually going to happen. Or do I need to go find a new husband? Because (laughs) right. Right. (laughs) to create friction in your marriage, but like, it is so critically important that the people in your life support your goals. And so like, you need a goal that like the whole family can get behind. And so I think for us, it's been helpful to have, have a goal that is totally me focused, but it's small enough that like, I don't really need a ton of buy-in to make it a thing. Right. And then have a family-related goal that like yeah. affects the whole unit yeah. <laughs> and like is going to improve everyone's life. But it all comes back to finances. Like I wish I could tell you that you reaching all the things you want to accomplish in life and whatever that 
you could do all of it without money. And that's just not true. It's not true. It's just not true. And also, like, stop villainizing money. Like, money is neutral. You get to decide what money does. You do. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's the point of this episode is you deciding what that money is going to do for you. Make the money work for you, not the other way around. And I think it's important that you don't also like to create more freedom for you, more wealth for you. I think it's important we have this undoing with our previous feelings about what it did for other people. Because I think, I think if you don't undo some of villainizing or not, like if you don't undo some of the bias that Mm -hmm. you have created, then you are going to naturally reject it. And it could be completely unconscious, but you may hit a threshold. And we've, Emily and I have done this a couple Mm -hmm. of times. (laughs) We hit a threshold where if we don't work through our own personal shit around this next level, we are absolutely not going to unlock it. Yep. Because I could have easily been like, oh, well, when I get more money, I'm just going to spend it all because I'm bad at money and I don't know how to budget and I don't know how to save because that's how I was raised, right? Or I could rewrite that story. And tell myself, I am resourceful. I married a financial advisor, (laughs) y'all. Best recommendation for you if you have a weird relationship with money. I'm resourceful. I am smart. Like I can figure out, I can learn or hire people to help me with these decisions and trust in myself that I can make smart decisions with it. Yeah. I know for me, it was, I think, Partially, it was my parents protecting who I was and what we had and the circumstances we had. But like, I was kind of made out to believe that like, if you were middle class, then that was like, how you were supposed to be. Because if you reach a certain threshold, then you became a bad person because the like, it must be nice, but also Mm -hmm. the well, there must not be giving or sharing Mm -hmm. or all of the other things that come with wealth. And it's well, like, and it's the false way of thinking that rich people are the super rich people and that rich, like rich people are closer to poverty than super richness. Let's be real. And so you're not Jeff yeah. Bezos money here. <laughs> yeah. Even with 5 million, $10 million, right. like right. multimillionaires at that point, yeah. if you're a multimillionaire, you are still so much closer to everyone else's reality. I mean, you're a couple bad mistakes away yep. from nothing. Yeah, versus- you're one bad health diagnosis away from that. Exactly. Literally, literally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think we often look at the others yep. of the world and assume that you reaching the next stage of wealth makes you so untouchable. To that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. It's, it's not. not like you're that not at going all. to space, baby. <laughs> Not anytime soon. <laughs> I have zero desire. Oh, no. I Hell get no. car sick driving to Starbucks. I'm not going to go to space. I pee every three minutes at home. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, here's the thing. It's like, if you were to really break this down, I think so much of it is creating a sense of gratitude and appreciation for where you've been. Also, a willingness to rewrite the stories of what others have had or what others 
currently have that you don't? And what does that actually mean about them? And if you were to achieve the same things, what would it mean about you? I think it's important that we rewrite those stories in a positive sense. Like, let's assume good intent with everyone. And this is not, don't take this in a political or any other sense. Like, I just really want you focused on how your world changes and shifts and then set a tangible goal for something you can work towards and create the buy-in internally in your family unit, whatever that looks like. And then we can talk about strategy. How to make it happen. Emily and I are (laughs) going to do a whole other episode about how you can take this new set of beliefs and this new mindset and go into it and tangibly work towards creating the financial freedom. For now, I just really want you imagining what your world could look like and what it could shift into and being grateful for how much you've already accomplished. Hey, a few quick favors before you leave. I'd love if you'd share today's episode, send it to a friend who needs to hear it and post on social. You can show us where you're listening from, your favorite takeaway, or why someone else should listen. Be sure to tag me at Abigail Says and at Boss Project so we can share it. Okay, second favor, to get podcast updates and all the behind the scenes news from Boss Project, I'd love if you join my VIP list. Just head to bossproject.com slash sign up to make sure I have all your contact details. Really love this show? It would mean so much to me if you'd leave a rating and review. It not only helps more listeners find the show, but allows us to bring on quality sponsors so we can keep bringing you this valuable content for free. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time.